Well, good morning, Cross Point. My name is Daniel Gill, and I'm so, so blessed to be with you all today. I get to, to, to share my message, my heart, and just my story of what God has done in and through me, through American Ninja Warrior, but even more than that, just my life. Because Ninja Warrior is literally just a very small part of who I am and what I do, but it's a pretty exciting part. Can, can I get an amen, you know? And so I get to share with you guys, but, but before that, can we just give a huge, huge round of applause to your, your pastoral leadership and the way that they've taken care of me and my wife? You know, I travel a lot. I go to a bunch of different places, a bunch of different churches, and sometimes it feels more uh, impersonal, more of a business type thing, but your church has gone above and beyond the way that they have hosted, the way that they have loved and made my wife, Abby, and I feel so welcome. So thank you. Your, your church, your pastors speak on behalf of you as church members, and they just, they're so loving towards us. So a special shout out to, to Neil and Faith, the Browns family. They've hosted Abby and I and all, their four boys. We've had a blast. I beat them all at Super Smash Bros. We were <laughs> watching The Mandalorian, playing Uno last night. I beat those guys, by the way. I'm a little, little competitive, if you don't know. But it's been awesome. So I get, I get to share with you guys today. Um, real quick, though, when I pray, we're going to be praying. We're going to lift up Pastor Will because he wasn't feeling too well this morning. So when you think about it, and in a minute when I do pray, we're going to be praying for him. Because how many of you know the Bible says the prayer of a, a righteous prevails much? So we're going to pray, and we're going to watch the Lord uh, heal him. So um, let me give you a little bit of background into to me and my life. Uh, my beautiful wife, Abby. Abby, are you, th- are you out there? She here? Oh no, I think she's still in the front in the lobby. Anyways, when you see her, please give her a high five. She's my best friend, she's my helpmate. She literally is, is a, the greatest gift that God has given me. I will see who finds a wife, finds a good thing, finds a treasure, and receives favor from the Lord, and she has really been that for me. So I tell young people all the time, if God is so good that he has, he has plans, we know Jeremiah 20 and 11, he tells his people, got plans for you, plans to prosper, not to harm you, hope, future, all that. If he's got plans like that, then those plans also include who we are supposed to walk through life with. And so as we search and as we, we put God, put his kingdom first, he's got, all these th- he's got all the details of our life planned out and we just get to enjoy the adventure for better and for the worse. Not worse with him, but you know, we live in a broken world. Bad things happen. I don't need to tell you that. Now, let me pray real quick and we'll get, to, we'll get into the message. So, Lord, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We honor you. We love you. We thank you that we get to gather today, this morning, Lord, for encouragement. Lord, to, to know that even though outside of these four walls, the world may feel like it's crumbling around us, God, like the rain is coming, like the floodwaters are going over our heads, God, or the wind is beating against us, but Lord, we trust you. We love you, and right now we put you first, God. We put you at the forefront, the focus of our hearts and our minds, God. And I pray that as I speak, Lord, it wouldn't just be me talking, Lord, because the best I or any human can do is encourage. And that's good, but Lord, compared to you and knowing that one word from you can change change a life forever, that's what we want. That's what we desire. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just speak through me, God. You would pierce every heart, Lord, that you would do a work that only you can do because one word from you, God, can do what years and years of therapy couldn't. 
So, Lord, you're the good physician according to the word. So we ask that you would just begin a work in and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said. Amen. Amen. All God's people said. There you go. Thank you, guys. Back and forth. I love it. The, the, the more excited that you guys get, the, the more comfortable I feel. So it makes me, makes me preach a little harder, too. And we get out of here faster. So it's a win. It's a win-win for everybody. Now, you guys saw the, the video, right, of, of my qualifiers this year? Did anybody watch the season finale this year, season 11? Like five of you. Cool. Okay. Well, then this is going to come as a big shock to the rest of you. Two people made it to stage four, Mount Midoriyama, the very last round before winning a million dollars. Me and one other friend of mine. Two of us climbed it. One of us did it and won a million dollars. And one of us came three seconds away from winning a million dollars. You know which one I was? <laughs> the five people are laughing because they saw it. I came three seconds away from winning a million dollars this year. Took a while for it to sink in. I was, I was pretty bummed. I was, I was upset, understandably, am I right? Because I compete and I'm competitive. I want to do my best. I want to see the victory and the success. But things don't always go the way that we want them to, right? We know that. We, we want certain things. We even pray for certain things. But things don't always go the way that, that we want or even pray. But guess what? When I was praying for this season, season 11 of Ninja Warrior, I prayed for victory, but God never gave, he never guaranteed that I would win. Never guaranteed it. You know what he does guarantee? We got to read the word to find out. In Romans 8, 28, you know what God guarantees? He guarantees that he would cause everything to work out for good. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And so, sure, I prayed to win and I really wanted to win, but that didn't happen. That wasn't part of the plan this year. And you know what I've learned as a competitor for five years on American Ninja Warrior? Five years I've trained, five years I've done really well, zero years have I won a million dollars. So somewhere along the lines, I fell, I failed. But I've discovered that God doesn't view failure the same way that we view failure. Because he can see the end from the beginning and he can see that no matter the situation or the circumstances, he can bring good out of it. And so over a process of time, he'll begin to, he, he, he's shared with me the purpose behind success and the purpose behind quote unquote failure. And I learned after about season three, or my third season of competing and falling and failing and coming to the Lord and saying, God, why? Why am I losing? Why am I falling? I thought I was going to hit the buzzer, lift my hands and let the whole world know that you're good. And it's because sometimes People love cheering for the Christian. People love cheering for, for those that, you know, maybe the underdog. But a lot of times people want to see how you take a loss. Sometimes it impacts and affects people, especially non-believers, to see what a Christ follower does when they fall and when they fail. And that speaks volumes because I've got people on the show, you might see them, people who fall, they, they fail, they profess, they, they shine, they look so, so awesome, so Christ-like, and then they come out of the, the water cursing, screaming, yelling, have a bad interview, and how does that build the kingdom? But for me, I said, God, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to train. I'm going to prepare my body to do what I feel you've called me to do. I'll do my part, and the goal is to hit a buzzer, but if I don't, then I'm going to show people what it looks like to get back up. I'm going to show people what it looks like to, quote, unquote, fail but still give God the glory because I understand that he can bring 
a testimony out of every test. So remember that the next time things don't go the way that you want. At least I didn't come three seconds away from a million dollars. But what a testimony that could turn into next year. So just be watching. Be watching next season. Um, so my, my message today, I get to share about trusting in the Lord. So the title of my message is Trust in the Lord, if you're taking notes. Because I haven't always been a ninja. I mean, I'm 26 years old. I've been doing it for the last five years. But my whole life up until this point, I feel like God has used that to prepare me for the platform that I have and the things that I'm doing right now. And so I wanted to share with you my testimony of, about walking with the Lord. And before I get into that, there's a, a, a verse I want to share with you guys. So if you've, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and open it up uh, to the book of Matthew. I'll start. Book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Here's what it says. Where is it at? You know what? I've got it right here. And I'm bringing out a New Living Translation. It's Jesus talking. Jesus is talking to, to the crowds, to his disciples. He's, he's gathering. He's a rabbi. I just came back from Israel like three days ago, <laughs> getting over jet lag. Praise God, he's, he's good. He's got me. Came back from Israel, and while I was there, I got to travel to all the holy sites, visit the places. My Bible went from being like this big geographically to this big. Everything happened right there in one place. You, you look, you cross the street, there's, there's holy sites. It was crazy. And I was learning and hearing in all these messages, these preaching about Jesus being a, a Jewish. I never really thought about that. Jesus being a, a rabbi, not even a pastor. I'm like, wow, my, my roots, my Christian roots have no meaning without Judaism. And so I need to study this. I need to, I need to pray for them. God is doing big things in, in Israel right now. And I, w- I won't get into that, but it's good. God's good. So Matthew, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it says, Jesus is talking, and he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And, and, and the analogy is that the, the house that we build, it's our lives. And what we build our lives on has to be solid. Oh, it doesn't have to be. But if we want to be able to withstand the, the, the rains and the floodwaters and the storms of life, we have to have a foundation that will stand up against it. And so that's part of what I'm talking about, about trusting in the Lord. Our trust has to be so solid. Our foundation of trust in the Lord has to be so strong and build up continually time after time, just putting another layer of concrete over that foundation that when, not if, but when the rains come in torrents, Anyone ever have rains coming against your life? It's, it's an analogy, the, the, the hard times. Or the floodwaters come that come over your head. Any of you ever felt like life just, you, you were drowning in it, so to speak? Or even the, that the, the winds beat against that house where just it's one thing after another after another. We live in a bad world. We, we live in a broken world where bad things happen, be it our fault, someone else's fault, or no one's fault. We can't find someone to blame. That's the reality of the world we live in. Can I get an Amen. Uh, yeah, it's not, you don't have to be super emphatic on that one. That's a sad one. But we live in a world where bad things happen. But Jesus says that 
If our foundation is on him, on his teaching, on him being the son of God that not only gives us heaven in the future, but gives us peace and heaven in our lives every single day, that's going to stand up against anything that the world or that the enemy tries to throw against us in our lives. So I want to get into my testimony. I, I grew up just down the street, basically, in Houston, Texas. I came from a big family, five kids. I've got an older sister, bro younger brother, and two more younger sisters. And my testimony starts with my parents because my parents were saved, but not in the church, not even following after, after the Lord when they got married and started having a bunch of kids. You see, my dad is Colombian, so that's where I get my, my, my skin and my hair. Colombian dad. Thank you, dad. And he grew up Roman Catholic. My mom grew up here in Texas, but grew up Southern Baptist. So she had gotten hurt in the church and was like, God, I don't, I'm, the church is not for me. I don't want to, I don't, I want no part in it. And my dad just came from a, a more religious background and was like, yeah, I love God, but church, what? So they got married, started having a bunch of kids. And if you've ever read in the Bible, in the book of Samuel, there's this woman named Hannah. She's barren. She can't have kids. She goes and she prays. And she says, God, if you give me a child, I'm going to dedicate him to your temple. I'm gonna, he's going to serve you all the days of his life, right? God hears her and gives her Samuel. My mom kind of prayed a similar prayer, and she said, God, I've got all these kids in my house that I'm having, and I've got more kids on the way. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to raise these kids. I don't know how this is going to work out. So God, from this day forward, I'm going to dedicate my children to you, to your service, God. Anytime the doors are open to the church, I'm going to bring my kids. I'm going to have them uh, be brought up in and around the things of God. Anytime the doors are open, that's where we're going to be. So I remember being uh, groomed, raised up in the church. We were part of like clowns ministry, mimes ministry, sign language ministry, nursing homes ministry. I was basically a pastor's kid without having a pastoral parent. But boy, did it, did it save me from just so much. I was the wild child in my family. I was a crazy monkey boy in my family. I got into so much trouble. Um, but parents, there's hope. Amen? There's hope. God's got you. He's got good plans. And that includes for your crazy children, because I was one of them. But growing up, I remember giving my heart to the Lord at a young age, maybe, maybe seven, maybe eight years old, because I, I had great teachers in my life. I, I knew what the Word of God said. I'd, I'd read stories about men and women who just said yes, and it didn't matter how old they were, how young they were, whether they were a boy or whether they were a girl, or how messed up they were and how many mistakes they made. All they had to do was say yes and trust in God and start that journey, start that process. And he did incredible things in and through their lives. So I said, Jesus... I remember praying as a kid, like, please come into my heart. I believe in you. I believe that you're the son of God, that you came, you, you lived a perfect life, and you died so that I uh, wouldn't have to go to hell, but I could go to heaven. And I put a big emphasis as a kid. I was like, God, I want to go to heaven, and I'm terrified of hell, and I'm scared of the devil. And, you know, it wasn't the holiest of prayers, but, you know, God heard it. God heard it. And so I, I, I began my journey just as a kid, just going to church. We, we went there whether I wanted to or not. But it wasn't until I got a little bit older that really the, the, the rubber met the road, so to speak. Because when I got in high school, any, any high schoolers in here? You know who you are. I'm going to say extra prayers for you guys. In my high school years, that's when things became, they became real, almost black and white, so to speak. Because I began to run with friends, with, with people who didn't believe the things that I believed didn't walk the way that I walked, didn't talk the way that I talked, and they began to have all this peer pressure on me. And 
And I came to this point in my life, I remember praying in bed one night and I said, God, something's gotta change. Something's gotta change. I know that if I die, you have my heart. If I die right now, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I've got Jesus in my heart. I, I trust you. I said, but Lord, if I'm gonna live the rest of my life on this earth, something's gotta change. You've gotta become real to me on a whole different level, God. And I don't want to wear just the, the Wednesday, Sunday Christian hat, do the Christian thing, not curse or swear in front of my, my friends or my families. But God, I need, to, I need to make a big change. So I did. I prayed and I said, God, you have my heart. But from this day forward, I'm not just going to give you my heart, but I'm going to give you my life. Totally different prayer for me. Because my heart being given to God, I could still live my own life and just be like, oh, I'm, I know I'm going to heaven. I got to get out of hell free pass right? A lot of Christians feel that way. But giving him my life, I said, God, I'm not just making Jesus a part of my life. No, no, no. I'm going to make Jesus my life. He's going to go not just from Savior, save me from hell, and gave me life to heaven. He's going to go from Savior to Lord, which means he's the leader of my life. And so from that point, I started going to church, not because I had always done it my whole life, but because I wanted to learn, because I wanted to grow, because I wanted to, to build my relationship with God. I read the Bible not because I, had, I already had enough Bible on Wednesdays and Sundays being preached to me. I read it because I wanted to know the thoughts, the character, and the nature of this good Father God that I'm giving my life to. I lift my hands in worship from that moment on, not just because everyone around me was doing it and that was the thing. I lifted my hands because I reminded my body, hey, you're in submission to this, this, this God that you serve. You're in submission to Jesus, and don't you forget that. And so I began to find, look for places to serve because through, through, through serving is when God opens the doors for what he wants to do in our lives. So I, my whole life changed in high school. I was on fire for the things of God, youth camps. I, I served in my, my youth group. I began playing the bass guitar, began singing. And uh, I still sing at my home church, Dwelling Place Church back in Houston. So they were so gracious. They loaned me out for the weekend. Um, but they were like, Daniel, whenever God gives you an opportunity to, to, to leave and to serve and to travel and to preach, whatever you do, we know that God is in that. We know that God is for that. So we, we send you out, Daniel, with our blessing. And you have to have a family of God that, that can cover you and that can send you out because we were never meant to do this life on our own. <laughs> we were never meant to do this life on our own. And so that was, that was my high school years. And I'm talking about trusting in the Lord. And there's three things that, that the world is attacking when it comes to trust. Because the world is, is, is attacking trust. The world says if, if you trust, it makes you weak. You can't depend on yourself. You have to trust somebody else. You're weak, right? That's what the world says in movies and media and music. You can't trust people. The world says that when you trust, it makes you vulnerable. And yes, it does, but that means people are going to take advantage of you. And that's true if you put your trust in the wrong person. People will take advantage of you. It's the truth. God won't. God won't. And the world says when, when you trust, you're going to get hurt. But that's literally an anti-biblical anti, uh, worldview because the word of God, let me tell you what it says about trust. It says that when you trust in the Lord, that he'll guide you. I don't know about you guys, but I need guidance every single moment of every single day, even when I think I've got it figured out and I've got my schedule. <sighs> I'm my own worst enemy. I self-sabotage, all that stuff. But when we trust in God, he will guide us 
When we trust in the Lord, he'll prosper us. He'll give us what we need. He'll, he'll provide for us all the things that we need in life. And if you want a verse to back it up, it's Matthew 6, Jesus tells his disciples that, that seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously or his righteousness. All the things that you need, what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, what you're gonna wear, he'll provide those. He'll take care of you. That's what the word of God says. And it says that if we can, we, we can trust in the Lord unwaveringly because we know that he'll never leave us. We know that he'll never forsake us. All I'm doing right now is just, I'm, I'm telling you guys what the Bible says. So get into it. Because this world that we live in, this broken world, it'll squeeze you. Those floodwaters are gonna come. You're gonna feel like you're over your, in over your head. The winds are gonna come. They're gonna beat against you. The rain is gonna come. Like we, we go through issues. We go through things. Some of it we put ourselves in. But when the world squeezes you, what is inside of you is going to be what comes out. And if you have the word of God inside of you, if you put this in your heart, put it in your head, meditate on it, let it come out of your mouth, then when the world squeezes you, (laughs) the truth of God is going to come out. And though the facts might say one thing, the truth will say another. So we gotta, we gotta know what the truth of God says. And so, <clears throat> in high school, on fire for God. Let's go, Lord. You have my life. I will, all this, the, the talents you've given me, the giftings, the abilities. I, I, I was an athlete my whole life. Got into singing and dancing and theater for all of my high school years. Got into like parkour and free running. I began working with kids and young people. And I said, God, all these giftings that you've given me, I'm gonna use them for you. Because I know according to the word that when I steward these things, they're gonna increase because I'm using them for you. And so I went to a, a Bible school after graduating high school. I had a lot of options. I could have gone to, to a full ride scholarship in music. I could have gone to business. I could have done so many things, but I had this peace and I had this hunger and desire to, to devote some more time to the Lord. So I go and my older sister had gone to the Bible school before and she and I, we, we grew up in the same household. We grew up reading the same Bible but she would come home every day when she was in this Bible school and she said, Daniel, there's so much more. There's so much more to this thing we call Christianity, to this life walking with God. And it made me hungry and also made me a little bit uh, frustrated and angry because I said, well, you're at this cool Bible school. You're learning all this stuff. I want to know too. And you're not more spiritual than I am. (laughs) And so it made the, the choice to go to this Bible school a little bit easier. And so I went, I was like 18 years old, right out of high school, and I, I got to travel the world and preach the gospel, lead worship, and I began to, to, to see with my own eyes the things that I had read about and believed about this Bible my whole life. I began to see signs, wonders, and miracles, and I got to travel to places like Bulgaria, Rome, Italy, uh, Japan, Malaysia, Honduras, and God ruined me. He ruined me for normal life. He absolutely ruined me. And I say ruin, it's like a negative connotation, but it was like the best thing that ever happened to me in my whole life. Because I said, God, I'm done. Like, you can have my life. Like, I'd, I'd given you my heart. I'd given you my life. But Lord, <laughs> direct. I'll, I'll go anywhere you ask me to go. I'll do anything you ask me to, to do. Because I've discovered this, Lord, in my uh, 19 years of life at the time. I said, God, praise God. Got a Sharpie for autographs later. I said, God, I've discovered that walking with you is the most satisfying life that I could ever leave, that I could ever lead. You're guiding me. 
and you're walking with me. And not only is it satisfying for me because I know that you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me, you've got good plans for me, you can turn all things for good, even the bad situations, like what we were praying, we were singing in worship, that what the enemy meant for evil, he can turn it to good. I said, God, okay, I'm ruined. Take my life, use me. If you want me to be a full-time pastor, done. I'll do it, I'll shepherd a flock. If you want me to be a full-time worship leader, done. I love singing. I love uh, making music. I love playing the instruments. I said, if you want me to be a missionary overseas, done. I'll do it. There's nothing more satisfying than walking with you, God. And if you want me to be a Christian entrepreneur or go into the business world or Broadway or any of these other places that I'm already gifted and have an, an in, I'll do that too. Just because I've learned that walking with him has been so, so so satisfying, even through the good and the bad and the ugly, because I've gone through, you're hearing the good, it's great, it's glorious, but I've gone through a lot of bad, and I've gone through a lot of ugly, most of it was my own, if I'm being honest, I've, I caused most of my own issues, most of my own problems, sometimes I blame the devil, sometimes it is, it's his fault, <laughs> a lot of times it's my own, and then I'm like, God, why, what, so get, getting into to, to American Ninja Warrior was such an interesting, such a unique process because people ask all the time what the hardest obstacle was. It was just getting on the show. Just getting on the show, just being honest with you. In between my second year, I guess the first week of my second year in Bible school, my job ended. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I need money for tuition. I need money for my cell phone, for my car, gas, all that stuff. I said, God, here's what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna sit on my hands and ask you to drop it in my lap you know any, know any Christians who've done that and then get mad at the Lord? I have a lot of friends who do that because God didn't show up. But it's our job to walk by faith, to co-labor with him, to draw near to God and knowing that he'll draw near to us. You got to read the word, you guys. It's an epidemic. People aren't reading it. We got to read it to know what it says so that when life squeezes us, we know what it says. And then it comes out of us. So I said, God, I'm not going to sit on my hands and ask you to drop it in my lap. I'll write a resume. I'll go job search. But Lord, I trust you that you'll guide me to the place you want me to be, that you'll put me in the right job, in the right position. And so uh, one of my favorite verses as I was thinking about when I was getting ready for that was Proverbs uh, 3, verse 5 and 6. And I'll pull it up in, the, in the, the New Living Translation. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says to, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Sometimes I think I know it all. I really don't. But seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And so I'm thinking about that as I'm making all these, these critical life decisions. And I said, okay, God, my job is to trust you, not with a little bit of my heart, not with half or even most of my heart, but to trust you with all of my heart. That's hard, but it's doable. And I'm not going to lean on, I'm not going to de depend on my own understanding, Lord, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to seek your will. I'm going to seek your will in all that I do. Every decision that I make, I try to include you, God. I try to include you, God. I try to include you, Lord. What do you think about this? What are your thoughts about that? Ver scripture will pop up. Holy Spirit will speak, speak to my spirit. And just peace. We're led by peace. So I have my, my community, my friends pray for me. Guys, I need a job. They pray for me. You guys, we need to have people praying for us. We need to bring our problems and our issues to our friends, our pastors, our leaders. Because if we don't, you know whose problems there are? they are? <laughs> Ours. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really good at fixing my own problems. But I had my friends pray for me. Guys, I need a job. They said, cool, we'll pray for you. One day later, not always, but in this case, one day later, a friend of mine at my Bible school, Bible school ends, he talks to me, 
And he says, hey, I heard you were looking for a job. And I said, yes, I'm looking for a job. I need a job. I have all these bills and I got tuition. He said, well, I've got a place you might be interested in. I work at a gym. Red light, red flag. I'm not interested in the gym. I don't lift weights, dude. I don't, I don't have any desire to be there. All I do is calisthenics, body weight training, push-ups, pull-ups, running, climbing, jumping, all that. Thanks, but no thanks. And he said, well, dude, it's not a regular gym. It's a, an obstacle course gym. So I said, well, what does that even mean, obstacle course gym? Like, like monkey bars and stuff? And he was like, oh, yeah, lots of, mon- lots of monkey bars. And he said, have you ever seen that show, American Ninja Warrior? And I was floored. My eyes got as round as saucers. My jaw dropped. And I said, yeah, I, I love that show. I watched that show my whole life. I used to watch it when it was in Japanese. And, and it was the only show on MTV that I could watch as a kid. And then I had to change the channel whenever it was over because MTV. And so I go, and I, 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 that same day, I bring my resume, I meet the owner, I jump on the obstacles. I'm really good, and I'm amazed because I'm like, Lord, I feel like you've prepared me for this my whole life with my, my athletic background, being a monkey boy, getting the Broadway theater, singing and dancing, and being able to, to talk in, on a microphone in front of people and kids. Like, God, this TV show, oh, that'd be perfect. So I'm like connecting dots in my head, and I'm super excited about it. And God is so good. He's so good. He's not going to give us things that are going to do more harm than good. So parents, are you, are you going to give your, your kids the keys to the car when they ask you, knowing that it's going to crash? No, you're not. You're, you're better than that. You're nicer than that. You should be. But the Lord, he's so good. He's not going to put us on a new platform or give us a gift that's going to do more harm to us than good. So he'll test us. He'll test our hearts to make sure that we're in the right place. Now, his testing isn't the same kind of testing as the, the enemy's. Because the enemy, the, the devil, he comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. So when God tests our hearts, it's not like that. He doesn't test us to, to kill us, to steal from us, or destroy from us, destroy us. He just tests us to make sure that we're ready. And so I give the guy my resume, and I say, hey, I love this gym. I, I've been training. Uh, I, I would love to work here. I, I, I want to get on the show, Ninja Warrior. And he looks at me, and he says, well, thank you so much for the resume. We have no options, nothing available. He said, but get a membership so I can see you more often, and then I'll, I love to hire people that I know. Makes sense. I couldn't argue with him. But I was like, so no, no? He's like, no. But we hope to see you later. See you in class. And I'm crushed. So I leave, and I'm walking, and I don't know about you and our ultra-spiritual society. I'm praying, and I'm mad. I'm frustrated. Because when I, prom- when I gave the Lord my life, I said, God, I will never hide anything from you. I got too many Christian friends who do, and they're still dealing with all the issues and the troubles that they aren't bringing before the Lord. So I said, God, I will never hide my issues. I will never hide my setbacks, my, my pain, my struggles. I'm, I'm going to put them before you because I trust that you can get me through them. So King David is one of my, my greatest you know, examples in the Bible because you read his Psalms. Half of them are like, great is the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And then you flip a few chapters later, and he's like, my heart is downcast within me. Why have you forsaken me? Where are you, God? He never hid anything from God, and he was known as the man after God's own heart. So I'm thinking, okay, God, I can be real with you. I can be honest with you through my hurt and my pain, struggles, addictions, fears, everything. So I'm leaving the gym, and I'm like, Lord, I'm upset. I'm angry, but in my 19 years of life, I have let myself down numerous times, all the time. Other people have let me down. Uh, but God, you haven't. You've never let me down. You never have. So I said, Lord, I, I know too much of the word. I, I trust you. I believe that 
you can bring good out of this, that if not this, you got another job and maybe I'll start training here, right? So I said, regardless, Lord, I trust you. I release it to you. Amen. And I leave. I open the door to walk out and someone runs up and grabs me and says, hey, I heard you talking to my boss about wanting a job here at this gym. I'm like, yeah, I do. And he said, well, I haven't told my boss this yet, but I'm about to move to another state. And if it's cool with him, you can just have my position. You'll coach kid classes. You'll do it all. Emotional roller coaster, emotional whiplash. I was like, are you lying to me? He's like, no, 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 I'm being real. And I saw God make a way where there shouldn't have been a way. And I go to the Bible, Bible school the next day, and they pull me out, and they say, hey, we got to talk to you about your finances. I'm like, okay, okay, well, okay. I just got the best job ever. I'll be working with kids. I might even do this ninja thing, but I don't start for a couple of weeks, and they're not going to give me a paycheck my first day, but I know I'm supposed to be here. I know I'm supposed to be at this Bible school. And it's like, God, God is so good. They look at me, and they said, well, here's the thing. Someone has come alongside and paid for not just your, your month's tuition, but your whole semester paid for. Done. Anonymous. I still don't know who it was. And I had heard about things like that happening, but it had never happened to me when I had no other options. So God gave me a testimony that I still remind myself to this day. God, I will never worry about finances because you came through that one time, and you're not a man that you should lie, and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever quoting scripture to you right now. I'm never gonna forget that testimony. So I began working, I began training at that gym and two years I tried to get on the show. Two years I got rejected. God was preparing me. Sometimes we have dreams, we have hopes, we have goals that we're working towards and they don't, it doesn't, our time frame doesn't match up with God's. In those two years, I got to train physically, prepare myself. I got to brand myself as the kingdom ninja. I thought all these things because I had a lot of time on my hands. And when I ended up getting to compete miraculously, I shouldn't have competed in season seven in 2015, but I did. And when I did, I ran. I had the fastest time of the night, came in first place that round, went on to become rookie of the year, and now a five-time national finalist. And Ninja Warrior has become a ministry that has impacted so many more millions of people then if I would have just kept my own thoughts of thinking maybe maybe uh, as a worship leader, a church member, whatever, God has bigger plans. He's got bigger plans for me and bigger plans for you. And as we trust him, he'll fit the pieces together. It's not our job to do that. And there's three things that I want to tell you about trust, and, and we'll close it at this. The first thing about trusting in God is that trust is a choice. If you're taking notes, trust is a choice. I can't tell you to trust God. I can, but I can't make you. Your parents can't tell you to trust whoever leaders or whatever friends you have. It's your choice. You get to decide. Nobody can make that decision for you. And people can ask, but it's ultimately your decision. And we know that the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. That is the first step to trusting in the Lord. And then number two, trust is built. Just like that foundation the foundation of the house of our lives that Jesus was talking about, trust has to be built. It takes time. It takes testimony after testimony after testimony to solidify the trust that we have in God. And then number three, trust is a process. It takes time. I trust the Lord now at 26 years old way more than I trusted him when I was like 16 and 17 years old because I've included him in every single day of my life. I've trained myself in godliness to the best I can, to wake up and say the first thing out of my mouth is, Lord, I bless you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I trust you. I'm gonna, I have my plans today, God. But if you've got anything else, Lord, 
please direct me, lead me, guide me. And I've trusted in the process that through the good days, through the bad days, which they come, and through the ugly days, those come too. I'm going to trust in him. And I understand that it is a process. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God is talking to his people, right? If you're taking notes, you can write that one, Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, but to give you a hope or a future and a hope. And so as we trust in him, as we trust in the process of our lives, he will lead us, he will guide us, he will direct us. And it's interesting because for me, you might, or for you, you might not have the platform of Ninja Warrior, but God has called each and every one of us, regardless of our age, regardless of, of our ability, or regardless of our intellect, he has called us. He is calling every single one of us. We have a platform, we have influence, whether it's our families, whether it's our coworkers, whether it's the, the student body that we're a part of, we have influence. And as we steward that, as we love people, as we point them to the kingdom of God and just tell them that Jesus has a plan, and loves them, then God will elevate us little by little to increase us to where we can, we can steward those things. So I wanna pray a blessing over you. I wanna pray, pray just grace over you and favor over you because God has put a lot of favor and grace on my life. He has. And I've done my very best to steward it and to point people to him. But I wanna pray over you guys as I, as I finish that he would just put that trust in you, that you would start that journey, you would start that with him. So let me pray. God, I... I I bless you. I love you, and we honor you, God, right now. I pray, Lord, that you would just begin to tug on every single person's heart here, Lord. That, yes, we live in a, a, a broken world where things happen, but, God, you can bring a testimony out of every test. You can bring good out of everything that the enemy brought in our lives for evil, God, and that as we trust you, we choose that trust, and that trust builds, and the process of that trust, God, it, it turns into just this unwavering faith in you and your plan and your purpose for us, God. We were meant to walk with you every single day, Lord. So I pray over Cross Point Church, over every single person under the sound of my voice, God, that you would begin to just put a hook in their heart, God, a desire, Lord, even a jealous desire to say, I want what Daniel has. I want what my pastors have, what my leaders have, this infectious love for you, God. Because through every situation, God, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you are there and you can bring good out of it all. So I just pray favor and grace over every single person that wherever we are and whatever we do in life, we would build the kingdom and we would walk with you. And we pray for the, the kids' crazy Christmas party this afternoon, God, that kids would come to put their faith and their trust in you, Lord, some for the very first time, God, because we live in a dark world, but Lord, Oh, we're going to let our light so shine before men, and they're going to see us, and they're going to put their faith and their trust in you. So I pray blessings and favor over everybody here. Uh, we pray over Pastor Will that just a full recovery, and we just pray for peace. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you so much for letting me share with you guys today.